good morning, Bayshore. So glad you're with us this weekend. And here we are in September. We're in the fall season, and we're starting our new small groups and have so many great things happening here at Bayshore. Children are regathering, and uh, many of you are regathering at our campuses. And we want to thank you so much for being a part of Bayshore this weekend. And we're starting a new series. Now, if you're new to Bayshore, this is a great, great time for you to be here because we are starting a new series today, a real short series called Blink. And in this series, we're going to be talking about the importance of our life and how every part of our life matters. You know, the reason we're calling this series Blink is because there's nothing as fast as a blink. A blink is really, really fast. Now, how fast is a blink? Well, a blink is one-tenth of a second. One-tenth of a second. Or we could say at 100 milliseconds. Now, to put that in perspective, that means that uh, the tick of a clock takes one second, and you can do three blinks in one tick of the clock. So when you think about the concept of blink, blink is something that happens really, really fast. And so we're going to be talking in this series about how fast life is. Life goes by so fast. Uh, As I've been getting older and looking at my life and watching my kids grow up and my kids get married and my kids have kids and my grandkids grow up. One of the things that's really uh, capturing my mind these days is how fast life is. Life is like a blink. I mean, it just seems like yesterday, I was actually over to Seaford this week and uh, took my dad out to dinner and I rode by the high school I used to go to. And so when I went to the high school, I did a little video there and was looking at the high school and I had all these memories from high school. And uh, I don't know if you can remember when you were in high school, some of you are still in high school, some of you uh, haven't been in high school for a long time, but I was just thinking about pulling into that parking lot in my car, and I had long hair, if you can believe that or not, and bell-bottom jeans, and it just seemed like yesterday that I was in high school. And I don't know if you know, you know, if that, if that seems like what it seems like to you, but that's what it seems like to me. I was thinking about uh, not too long ago, about uh, when my son Joel was born. Uh, He was born in uh, uh, Salisbury Hospital, and I remember the first time I saw Joel, he had a little little, uh, green beanie on, and he was just crying, and I was holding him for the first time, and then it just seemed like a blink, and I'm standing on this stage, and I'm performing his wedding when he and Stacy got married. Hey, life is like that. Life goes so fast. It just seemed like yesterday that uh, Karen and I got married. Uh, we got married in 1977, and when we got married, you know, it was such a wonderful day in August, and I'll never forget her coming down the aisle and how beautiful she was, and uh, I just couldn't believe it. And, you know, our life is just, you know, once you get married and you're working and you're making money and you're trying to pay the bills and then you have kids and you got to buy cars and then you got to get your cars fixed and then you got to get a house and you're just doing all this stuff and before you know it you know 10 years have passed 15 years have passed and all this time has passed so i want us to think about in this series how fast life is life is like a blink and uh, i want you to make sure that you take time to really lean into life and get the most out of life because that's such an important thing my dad has this little thing he says to me he says life is short you better take time to enjoy it. That's what my dad says, and I, I love that little thing that he says. And he says that to me almost every week, and my dad's 84 now, and he sort of got a hold of that idea that it's important 
to make sure that you lean into life and really spend some time with life. Let me, let me give you some uh, insight about about this whole thing about life and actually how it goes by so fast. Psalm 90 verse 12 says something that's really interesting. Psalm 90 verse 12 says this, teach us to number our days. Now what if we just change that word number and we said teach us to count our days, to count our days. Teach us to count our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now this is an important verse when it comes to time. When you think about time, you know, if you don't have a concept of the number of your days, you're not going to be very wise. Now, here's the thing that's very true for every one of us. By the way, this, this verse says, teach us to number our days. It's actually a prayer. I don't know if you ever prayed that to the Lord. Have you ever prayed to the Lord, Lord, teach me, give me insight, give me wisdom, show me how many days I have. And I should make the most of that. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to count our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And here's the thing. Every single one of us has finite, a finite number of days on the earth. We don't have an infinite number of days. We have a finite number of days. And so if we have a finite number of days on the earth, then each one of those days, because they're limited, is increasingly valuable. So you never want to waste any of your days because you don't have uh, an unlimited amount of days. Days are very important because you don't have, you know, under uh, uh, unbelievable without limit days. You just have a certain number of days on the earth. I remember when I was, uh, when I was like a kid, big thing for me, I used to get my allowance on like Friday, and I think, I don't remember how old I was, fourth grade, fifth grade, maybe third grade, fourth grade, probably fifth grade. And uh, I got $5 for allowance, and that was for cleaning my room, taking the garbage out, and feeding my dog and my rabbit, and things I had to do as a kid. And I got $5, and every Friday night, we went to the mall of our time, which was Nylon Capital Shopping Center in Seaford. And there was a big store there called Woolworths. And many of you know about Woolworths. Woolworths, you know, was a store that was around for a long, long time. And I used to go to Woolworths every Friday night, and I would go and I would pick out uh, a car or plane model. I love to put models together. So I had my $5, you know, sometimes it was in, uh, you know, four $1 bills and four quarters, and I had it in my pocket. And I would go to that, uh, that aisle where the models were, the model airplanes, the model cars, and I would stand there. And I would just, you know, take the, the whole time looking at every model because I wanted to make sure that I spent my money wisely because the models cost about $2.05. So I had to make the decision. Was I going to buy one model or was I going to buy two models and not have much money left over the rest of the week? If I bought one model, then I'd have more money for different things I wanted to buy, soda, whatever, during the rest of the week. But I had to sort of decide which was more important because I had a limited amount of money. So I would buy those models, take them home, work on them. You know, life is like that. Time is like that. Time is, you only got so much time, so you have to decide how you're going to spend your time on this planet. How are you going to spend your time? How are you going to use your time? Just say this with me. Time is finite, not infinite, on the earth. Now, the, the psalm says here, teach us a prayer, teach us, Lord, 
to count our days or number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You cannot be wise about how to live if you don't know that you have a limited amount of days here on the earth. And we just forget that. We just go through our life and we just forget that. I never forget, I got a call one, uh, one November from somebody and they were, it was getting close to Thanksgiving and they called me and they said, uh, Pastor Danny, I don't think we want to go or I want to go. This person said, I don't want to go to my family dinner this year at Thanksgiving because I have conflict with my sibling. How many's ever heard that before? How many's ever had conflict with your sibling? You know, hey, that's a sibling rivalry is a universal issue. You know, we have trouble sometimes with our siblings. And they said to me, I'm not going to go to Thanksgiving because I'm mad at my sibling. And they were kind of seeking my counsel. What should I do? And so I asked them some questions. I said, you know, well, tell me about your family and tell me about your, your mom and dad. How old are your mom and dad? And their mom and dad were getting older. And we talked about Thanksgiving. And here's what I said to them. I said, you only have so many Thanksgivings left. You only have so many Thanksgivings left that your parents are living. So maybe what you should do is just to kind of go into that Thanksgiving, be polite, talk to the sibling as best you can. You don't have to sit down there and spend the whole day with them. Just be nice. Just say hi. And then go on and sit with somebody else and enjoy Thanksgiving. Don't let one person keep you from Thanksgiving because you only have so many Thanksgivings left. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. It's easy to waste, waste a day if we don't understand that they're limited. So every day that I have is a day that's important. I've got these cups on the stage here to kind of make me think a little bit about life. Now, now I don't know. You know, you probably eat kale and you're eating exercise, you're exercising all the time and you're eating healthy and you're probably going to live to 100 or 120. I mean, I hope so and I want to live a long time. But just say, just for an example, just say that you live 80 years. This is 80 years. These are, there are 80 pebbles in this glass. 80 pebbles. 80 little black river pebbles. And there's 80 in there. And so just imagine that this is how you start. You got this many. You don't have, a, you don't have the Grand Canyon full of pebbles. You got this many. And every one of these pebbles, because they're limited, represent a year. And each one of these pebbles is infinitely important because you only have a limited amount. Now, here's what happens. This is you 80, and this is when you're 30 years old. Look, you've already spent a bunch of those pebbles, a big quarter, and there's a lot of empty space in the top. 30 years old. Some of you are 30 years old right now. Some of you are 25. Some of you are 35. And when I look at people that are 35 and they're, they're maybe early 30s, I just want to take them and just say, hey, man, take it in. Enjoy your life. You're all worked up about your career. You're all worked up about what school your kids are going to go to, and you're all freaking out about all this stuff. But listen, you're wasting your pebbles because teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Well, here about this, how about this glass? This is when you're 50. This is when you're 50 years old. 
And some of you listening to me right now, you're, you're just coming in. You're getting through your 40s, and you're getting to that 50, and here it is. I mean, look, I mean, there's a lot of space in that glass and just some pebbles in the bottom. Now, if you really want to get depressed, if you're in your 60s, here you go. There it is right there, if you're going to live to 80. And like I say, that's an arbitrary number because some of you are going to live much longer because you're eating your kale all the time. But look at that. Let's say it together. This is an important verse when we think about this series, Blink. We need to remember, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You cannot and I cannot be smart about life if we aren't cognizant or aware that our life is limited. Our time is limited. So I said to that lady, I said, you only have so many thanksgivings left. You only have so many thanksgivings left. Let me, uh, let me just give you a little uh, survey of Scripture, what Scripture says about, about the brevity of life and how quick life is. Let's look at James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verse 14. Here's what James chapter 4, verse 14 says. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. What is your life? Hey, listen, you want to underline that? Because life is uncertain. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. A couple years ago, Karen and I had been saving. We've been saving money to go to Alaska to do the Alaska cruise thing. You know, hey, you got to do the Alaska cruise thing. I mean, you know, got to do that before you get to heaven. I mean, so we had been saving money for the Alaska cruise, and we were all scheduled, had it booked to go to, we we're going to go to, uh, uh, go to Seattle in June, and we we're going to, you know, go to a conference, and then we we're going to get on that ship, and we were going to see Alaska. Well, how many know what happened in March? March we had COVID hit, and we'd already bought our tickets to go to Alaska. We were all ready to go to Alaska. We were pumped up about going to Alaska. And then COVID hit in March, and I called the travel agent after a little bit. I said, you know what? I'm not so sure I want to go to Alaska, you know, with COVID going on. And they said, hey, you'll be all right. You'll be fine. It's going to be cool. So I said, all right, you guys, you know, you're the experts. And so waited a couple weeks, and then the cruise line shut down, and they had to give us their money back. You know what it says? It says, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. Make sure every plan you make, you make that plan, you put it down in pencil. Put it down in pencil. You know, if you think, I, I've, I've been around enough Christians to know that sometimes there's some Christians that are super spiritual, and they think that they're so spiritual that they can control everything in their life just by praying and doing it. They can control their whole environment. I can tell you the Bible doesn't support that because there are certain things that we can't control. And James says, why do you, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? Most people, most people in the world didn't see COVID coming. So we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But then what James says, you're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. The word vanish there in the Greek means to be snatched out of sight, to be snatched out of sight. You are a mist that appears for a while, a little while, 
and then vanishes. You think about a mist. Think about the fogs. You know, in the fall, we're going to probably have some foggy mornings, and you wake up, and the fog is hovering over the road and hovering over around your house, and then in just a little bit, the sun comes up, and that fog vanishes. And what James is saying is that our life is like a mist. It's like a fog, and it just sort of vanishes. How about a couple other verses? Here's an important verse. What about Psalm 39, verse 5? I like this verse. Psalm 39, verse 5. It says, you have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. Maybe even those who seem really healthy and strong and vibrant, and they're eating their kale. It says this, you have made my days a mere handbreadth. Now, that's a measurement. That's a, that's a biblical measurement. A handbreadth is, is it, before they had tape measures, they used to measure things by their hands, and a handbreadth is four fingers together like that. So if you were, went to the lumber company in biblical times, you know, you'd buy handbreadths. You would measure a piece of wood by handbreadths. And, and, and the psalmist says, my life is but a mere handbreadth. It's just a handbreadth, four fingers. And then he says, uh, he says this, he said, the span, that's another term, the span. A span is when you, they would measure by putting your hand out like that. And basically what this is saying here is that our life is very, very short. It's not very long. It's not very long. And it's like a breath. Everyone is but a breath. And you think about in a, on a cold morning and you're uh, out there uh, in the yard and you're maybe getting your car started, your truck started, and it's cold and you breathe out and you can see your breath because how cold it is. And then that breath just sort of goes away. That's what the Bible says our life is like. It's just like that. So it's important for us. Now, how about one more just to give us a little sampling here? This is a really, really interesting verse here. I love this verse. It says this in Job 9.25, verse 26. Job 9.25, verse 26. My days are swifter than a runner. My days are swifter than a runner. You're sitting in the bleachers, and you got that quarter-mile track around the football field, and you got a fast runner, and he's running around that track, and your life just goes by just like that. My days are swifter than a runner. They fly away without a glimpse of joy. They skim past like boats of papyrus. Boats of papyrus were little boats that were made in Egypt of this light material papyrus, and they were the speedboats of the day. And what the psalmist is saying, your life is like a speedboat. It just goes by. And then he says, like eagles swooping down on their prey. There were some vultures and hawks in this biblical time that could swoop down at 120 miles an hour. And basically the psalmist is saying that life is so rapid. So if life is short and we have finite amount of days, then that makes the decisions that we make about every day infinitely valuable. So I want to just talk to you real quickly as we uh, enter into this first message about if life is brief, if life is short, how should we spend our days? How should we spend our days if life is brief? Well, here's what I think we should remember to do. We need to take in and savor the moments. Here's what John Maxwell says. Life, John Maxwell says, life is now in session. Are you present? 
Are you tuned into life? Are you just like running and you're so fast and you're going through all this stuff and you got all this responsibility that you're not really noticing the beauty of your kids? You're not really noticing your wife? You're not really noticing that your friends, you're just going through the motions of life and you've got all this responsibility and you're not savoring life. I know that uh, I love Honeycrisp apples and uh, that's the best kind of apple I think you can buy in the grocery store. Honey crisp apples. And I, I buy a bunch of them, put them in the refrigerator and get them real cold. And then I got this apple cutting thing and I just kind of cut those apples. And then they're so sweet that I just eat them real slowly and I just take in the flavor. I don't rush through eating those apples because they're so sweet. And life is like that. I'm constantly taking pictures with my iPhone and I'm also taking pictures with my mind. I'm taking pictures with my mind. I was... Uh, I, was take, I took my grandson Nixon fishing uh, the other day, and uh, I'm not a big fishing person, but I do love to go fishing with my kids and grandkids, and I've done a lot of that. I, when my son Tim was just a little kind of guy, I took him fishing, and uh, so I took Nixon fishing, and he never caught a fish before. And we went down to Ingress Pond. I live near Millsburg. Took him down to Ingress Pond, and we got the we got the bloodworms, and we got the hooks, and we got the bobbers. And we're fishing for a while, and, and I knew there was a good place under some shady trees that I'd caught a bunch of fish in the past. And so I took Nixon there, and I, I kind of flicked that out there. We got the bobber in just the right place, and he's holding on to the fishing rod. And then that bobber goes down. And when the bobber goes down, I mean, his eyes light up, and he's like, Papa, Papa, I got one. And he's, he's, he's trying to get in. It's like he's catching a marlin. I mean, it's jumping out of the water. I mean, he's so excited about catching that fish. And he pulls it in, and he catches this fish. And here's a picture of Nixon's first fish. And look at him smiling. And he said to me, he said to me at that moment, I will never forget that. He said, Papa, I will never forget catching my first fish. And I guarantee you, I'll never forget that either. See, life is short, and there's a lot of more important things than just going through all the motions, all the business, all the stuff we got to do, and all that's important. We got to work, we got to make money, we got to make investments, we got to build houses, we got to do all that. But make sure that you savor the moment because life is short and nobody on their deathbed, nobody's going to say, boy, if I just worked a little longer, if I just taken on another project, if I just had been able to work every weekend, nobody's going to say that. Everybody's going to say, I wish I'd spend more time fishing. I love what Garrison Keillor says, nothing that's ever done for a kid is wasted. Nothing that's ever done for a kid is wasted. And my little buddy caught that fish that day and it made me think made me think of his dad when I took his dad fishing and I took his dad and his uncle Tim fishing and I was there when they caught their first fish and every dad ought to be there if possible you know to help your kids catch fish and here's a picture of his dad and his uncle Tim catching their fish and I was there and I snapped that picture and there's Joel and uh, I think Tim caught the fish and I think Tim is like you know kind of making a big deal about it but uh, this is a special moment. Make sure that you take mental pictures. Take in special moment and savor life. Savor life. Say this to me. Life is short. So savor it. Taste it. And take it in. We're not very good at sa savoring in our life. We're just like checking off the list. 
going down the list, doing stuff. We're just going through, going through, going through life, and we're not savoring life. And if you're a type A person like I am, you have to teach yourself to savor life because you're always, what's next, what's next, what's next? And I just, uh, I see my wife sometimes. I never, uh, when I see Karen uh, coming down the aisle of a store, we go shopping together, we do things together. I see her walking down that aisle, and I look at her, and I take it in because I hit the lottery when I married her. She's the most wonderful person in the world, and it makes me remember August 5th, 1977, when she walked down the aisle to marry me, and I took in that picture in my heart, and I'll never forget that. And so make sure that you savor life and take life in because life is important, and what you love to do what you enjoy in life. Make sure you, you enjoy it and you don't take it for granted. That you, you eat it like a honey crisp apple. You just take it in and enjoy it. I, I love to play tennis. I talk about it all the time. You know why I love to play tennis? Because I just love being with people. I love exercising. I love that whole thing. But I know that one day, one day I'll play my last set of tennis. You know, for whatever reason, I mean, that's going to be it. And so every day I get to play tennis I just want to savor it like the Honeycrisp apple. I want to take it in. You know, maybe you love to golf or you love to work in the garden. You like to work in the yard. Whatever it is you like, make sure you take it in. You know what? I, I read this book a number of years ago by uh, Steve Chapman, and it's a book on hunting, and it's called A Look at Life from the Deer Stand. Great, great book. It's a great book. If you're a hunter, outdoorsman, you've got to read Steve Chapman's book, I Look at Life from the Deer Stand. But there's a chapter in there called The Last Hunt, and he talks about the last time you get to go hunting. So make sure you savor life because life has just a, has a limited amount of time, and you want to make sure you enjoy that. Here's another thing we want to do. We want to make sure that we say important things to important people. Say important things to important people. Make sure that you tell people that are important to you how important they are to you. I had dinner with my dad the other night, and we went out to dinner, and we talked, and we reminisced, and, uh, you know, he lost my mom, and so that whole thing, you know, he's been by himself, so I always look forward to having dinner with him, and we came back to the house, and we usually watch some kind of Western. He likes to watch Westerns, and so I talked him into watching tennis. Tennis was on the U.S. Open, so we watched the U.S. Open together, and he was asking me questions about tennis, and we had a really, really wonderful time, and then after uh, the, the night was over, before I left him, I said, Dad, I love you. I love you, and I appreciate you. And I have a wonderful dad who's able to say that back. And he said, I love you too, son. You know, it's important to be able to say that. I know some of us, you know, boy, we just get freaked out about that type of intimacy. It just messes us up. But you know, you, wanna, you don't want to get to the end of your life and wish you had said some things that you didn't say. Because life is in session now. Say important things to the important people in your life. I never leave the house. I never leave the house without kissing Karen. And uh, sometimes I'll, you know, be in a hurry, and I'll, I'll get out in the garage, and I'll have the truck door open, and I'll start to get in. I realize I haven't kissed Karen. And I'll turn around and come in the house. And you know why I do that? You know, number one, she'll kill me if I don't, so I, I got to do that. <laughs> I don't want don't to lose my life because Karen is going to kill me if I don't kiss her. But the other thing is, I always have this in the back of my mind. This is not a morbid thing. This is not a fatalistic thing. It's just, a, just how I think. I realize that what if something were to happen to me and I don't get to come home? I mean, I want to kiss her at least one more time. 
And so life is very, very important. Make sure that you say important things to important people and let them know how you feel. I, I have a good friend, and I asked him if I could tell this story. And a couple months ago, he had a very, very serious accident. And uh, he, uh, it was really, really serious. All of us that knew him uh, and love him were very worried about him. We were all praying for his recovery. He was taken in the helicopter to the hospital, and surgery was done. And uh, it was just really, really serious. And all of us were praying diligently for my dear friend. And he wasn't just my friend. He was a friend of a lot of people in our community. And we were all praying for him and sending him texts. And I was texting him regularly scriptures that the Lord was giving me. I would text him and share, you know, with him. And he got through that and, and finally got home from the hospital and then started physical therapy and had the surgeries that he needed to have. And so the other night, he invited all of us, all his friends, all his friends to go out on the, on the boat, pontoon boat. We went to this restaurant uh, out there you know, near Fenwick Island. We're out there uh, at the restaurant. We had this wonderful meal. We, we played games on the pontoon boat. We laughed. We told jokes. We talked about our lives together. We talked about raising our kids. We talked about building our houses. We talked about our investments. We talked about all the stuff that, that's important, has been important to us. We ate at the restaurant, and when we were coming back, it was dark, and uh, his lights weren't working on his boat. So we're all up there. All of us got our cell phones on, and we got our flashlights on. We're holding it out over the boat, and we're trying to make our way back to his house along the canal there. And we got almost home, and he stopped the boat, and he turned the motor off, and we sat in the dark. And then he said to all of us how much he loved us and how grateful he was how we had been friends for 30 years and how he stood with how we stood with him during his illness and he said you all have made an incredible difference in my life and I thought I was sitting there with Karen and I thought how rare this is this is such a rare moment because people generally don't express their love and their affection that way and it was such a powerful moment and our hearts were all filled our hearts were filled with his love and his gratitude and his appreciation he said that when he was had his accident and his life, his life was hanging in the balance. He thought to himself, here's what he said. He said, I thought to myself, there's some people I need to call because I could lose my life and my life is hanging in the balance of some things I need to say to those people. And so when he was good enough, he got well enough, he got on the phone and he called people and told them how much he loved them and how much he cared about them. When my mom died last uh, Last July, I, I, I remember, you know, I was helping my family, I was helping my dad, helping my sisters, and, you know, I was just kind of the administrator somewhat along with my, my sisters and trying to do the best we could. And I didn't have a lot of time to process, and I remember thinking about as I got uh, to the point where my mom was almost gone and I was going to help do the funeral, and, I, and I'm, I had to run uptown to, to the drugstore to get some uh, some uh, medicine from hospice for my mom and so I'm, I'm doing that and then I'm riding down Route 13 near Seaford and I have an epiphany and all of a sudden I'm seven years old or seven seventh grade and I'm sitting in the turn lane off of Route 13 getting ready to go on, getting ready to go on Stein Highway and I'm in my football uniform and the sun is coming down Stein Highway. It's the late afternoon in the fall. And my mom is taking me to football practice. And she did that hundreds of times. And every time I got back from football practice, there was always 
dinner in the stove, and it was all ready for me with tinfoil over it, and I got it out and ate it before I began my homework. And that's what I thought about my mom. And I thought to myself, I told her I loved her, I told her how much I appreciated her, but I didn't tell her as much as I wished I had. How thankful I was for the million things she did for me. So make sure that you take time. Take time while you have time, while you have stones left in the glass to say what you need to say. Let me read a couple scriptures to you real quickly. And by the way, if you're a, if you're a, a married person, make sure you tell your spouse at least once a day that you love them. I heard about the guy that said, his wife said, you never tell me you love me anymore. And he said, well, I told you 20 years ago when I married you, if anything changes, I'll let you know. And how do we know that's not how it's supposed to be? Here's some great, great scriptures about expressing your love. Let me just uh, read them to you. This is some really wonderful scriptures. The Father said from heaven, this is my Son, whom I loved. With him I am well pleased. And then Paul said to the Philippians, he said in Philippians 1, verses 7 through 8, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you. Look at that. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you. How about that? We're good at expressing our thoughts, but we're not very good at expressing how we feel. And if you've got a limited amount of time, you want to make sure not only to unpack what's in your mind, what your thoughts are, but you want to make sure that you unpack what's in your heart and share with other people. Paul said, it's right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart. Who do you have in your heart? And whether I'm in change or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Next verse. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. So make sure, if life is short, that you say important things to important people. Finally, let me just end the message by saying this. If life is short, make sure that you prepare for the life that's in front of you for eternal life. Make sure that you prepare for eternal life because if life is short, that means that we only have so much time in order for us to get our lives right with the Lord, to walk with the Lord, to serve the Lord, to love the Lord, to communicate with the Lord, to fellowship with the Lord, that life is short. And because life is short, the Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Remember the story in Matthew 25 where it says that there were ten virgins waiting for the bridegroom and five had oil and five did not have oil five were ready and five were not ready and one of the things that i think is imperative for us to remember is if life is short and we only have so many days we want to make sure that we spend our life serving and loving god and in relate right relationship with the lord because walking with the lord and serving the lord is incredibly important and if you are going through your life and you're working, and you're making money, you're doing investments, and you're doing all the stuff that you need to do. And here you are at this stage in your life, and you still haven't made a personal relationship with Jesus. Then you want to make sure that you do that. And as we end this service today, I want to encourage you to make sure that you put your full faith and your full trust in Jesus to become your Lord and Savior because he loves you and he cares about you. Remember the ark, Noah's ark? The Bible says Noah's ark was, was built and, 
And Noah and his family went in the ark, and the door was open for seven days. Seven days the ark was open, the door was open, and God left it open, giving people time to come into that ark. And the door is open for you, for you to receive the Lord. If you haven't received the Lord, I want to encourage you to do that today. We love you, we care about you, and we're going to pray for you this morning. And I want you to just do this as we have our final prayer this morning. I want you to do this. I want you to say in your heart, Lord, make sure, help me, remember, teach me to, to count my days that I can have wisdom. Teach me to savor the moments. Teach me to say what I need to say. And Lord, I thank you that I put my trust in Jesus that I'm in right relationship with him. Would you pray with me right now? Lord, we want to thank you so much for your incredible love for all of us that you love us and you care about us, and Lord, you're with us. I pray for people that are going through life so quickly that they're not savoring the moments. Help them, Lord, to savor the moments. Help them, Lord, to take in the wonderful things that you are doing in their life and help them not to miss it. We ask you, Lord, to help us to be connected to people that we love and say things that we need to say. We ask you, Lord, for people this morning that need to receive you Lord, they may be listening in a living room somewhere. They may be listening in a car. They may be listening at a kitchen table. But if they haven't put their faith in you yet, we pray that today they'll make Jesus Lord of their life. And when you are Lord of our life, our life becomes rich and full. We thank you for loving us and caring about us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen, amen. We love you guys. We are so excited about what God's doing here at Bayshore this fall. And next week, we're looking forward to Blink Part 2. Have an amazing week. Make sure you sign up for small groups and let us know how we can serve you. Uh, we'll see you next week.